Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Notice verse 6, then the Lord called yet again. This is the, uh, the second time. Samuel. And so Samuel rose and he went to Eli again and he said, Here I am, for you called me. And he answered, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. And so the thing you've got to ask yourself is, Why wasn't the Lord speaking to Eli? I think we've already established this because Eli was not listening. He was speaking to Samuel because Samuel had a different heart. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining us today on Truth in Christ. When speaking to us, God almost always confirms His Word again and again. It is generally wrong to do something dramatic in response to a single inner voice from the Lord. If God speaks, He will confirm, and often in a variety of ways. Samuel was not familiar with God's voice the first time. So that's why God continued to call on him until it was clear to Samuel who it was. Now let's join Pastor Rob for today's lesson. It's important that we serve God and not man. And notice it says the word of God was rare in those days. It means it was valuable, it was precious. Nobody was really, there was no new revelation happening. No, God wasn't speaking to anyone because nobody was listening. Even the professional clergy was not listening. Eli and his sons were checked out. They were in it for themselves. They weren't in it to really minister to the Lord and minister to the people. And believe me, the order is very important. If you minister to God first, then you minister to the people. But if you minister to people, chances are you're not going to worship God. Because they're going to disappoint you. And you're going to get discouraged, but if you can do it for God, boy, the things you can put up with within your own self and from without. Everything changes when you do it for the Lord. And so the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And notice verse 2, it came to pass that while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, so at this time, Eli is an old man. He's losing his eyesight. The Bible tells us that he was a very heavy man. So he's, he's large, he's probably got diabetes type 2, you know, he's, he's probably swelling in his feet, he's, he's losing his eyesight, you know, they got to feed him, they got to change him, things are getting like that. And I find it interesting that it says that his eyes began to grow dim, and I find it interesting that as it was in the physical, it was happening in the spiritual, wasn't it? He had already gone blind spiritually many years prior to this. Because of his lack of obedience to the Lord, the Lord, his eyesight 
his spiritual sight began to dim, and certainly in the physical it's happening as well. Sometimes these things happen like that. Interesting correlation between the two. But if we are not careful, we can become spiritually blind, just like the Pharisees in Jesus' day. Turn with me to Matthew 15. We'll just look at this passage because what we're going to see here is really what's going on with Eli and his sons are really the beginning of something that's just going to continue to be perpetrated or um, uh, propagated or whatever. It's going to continue to happen. There's going to be a corruption in the leadership, in the priesthood, and it's going to continue on for hundreds of years until finally Jesus comes on the scene, and then finally until the Romans come in 70 AD and take them captive and kill many of them, and they're dispersed throughout the known world at the time. But up until that point, the priesthood was in it for themselves. In fact, look with me at Matthew 15, just the first 14 verses. It says, The scribes and the Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus, saying, Why do your disciples transgress? Notice, underline this, the tradition of the elders... Who cares about the tradition of the elders? The tradition of God, the, the, the things of God, those are the main things. And you know, not every tradition is, ba- is a bad thing, but their traditions were uh, circumventing the, the true things of God. Listen what they did. He says, for, they said, um, why, why do your disciples transgress the, the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. <gasps> oh my gosh, in the COVID-19 era, you've got to wash your hands. At least for 30 seconds, and you gotta do this thing with the, the fingers, and you gotta, you gotta do that under warm water for a certain amount of time, because if you don't do it for the exact amount of seconds, ah, you're contagious. Oh. And they're giving the Lord this big trip. <laughs> Why don't they do all of these things that we do? We do these things, and boy, cleanliness is next to godliness. That was their motto. Even though that's not found in the Bible. For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. Jesus answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. Wow. Think of how many kids they'd be uh, uh, put to death today if that was the case. I think after about the first couple of hundred, I think everybody would fall right in line and be obedient. Especially once word got out on Twitter. You know, a kid's tweeting every day, and next thing you know, there's nothing, and then the parent comes on. Sorry that Johnny's not tweeting anymore. He disobeyed us one last time, and he's buried out back. <laughs> How different things would be. The fear of God would come into everybody. Thank God we live in an age of grace, huh? However, for God commanded, saying, Honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him put to death. But you say, Whoever says to his father or mother, What profit you might have received from me is a gift to God, then he might not honor his father or mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. Hypocrites, Jesus said. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. This is where Eli and his sons were at. And, th- and this continued to be propagated in the ministry. But their heart is far from me, Jesus said, and in vain they worship me. In emptiness they worship me. They're just going through the motions. There's real no devotion. There's really no love. It's just going through the motions. You know, that's one thing that's really dangerous about rote things that we do. Sometimes it's good just to shake things up. 
do things a little bit different because, boy, church can be like that. It can be at 10 o'clock we do this, at 10.20 or 10.25 we start this, and at, at 11.30 Pastor Rob is going a little bit too long, and so we start looking at our clocks. And about 11.40 we're fed up with it, but then he apologizes that he's taking so long, and then he finally wraps it up at quarter till. That's kind of what happens, isn't it? <laughs> but notice, he says, And in vain they worship me, teaching his doctrines the commandments of men. And when he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, Hear and understand, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the man, that defiles a man. Then his disciples came and he said to them, Do you not know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? <gasps> oh, so bad. You offended them. Lord, how, you know, you're, You've always been this way. You're just so insensitive. You know, after all that they do for you, after all that they do, and you treat them like this. And that was Judas's heart, wasn't it? That was Judas's heart. That's what got him into trouble. But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. Notice, they are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, they both will fall into the ditch. Not that God was, uh, he wasn't happy about this at all, but that's who Eli and his sons had become. And that's why Samuel was such a breath of fresh air for the ministry, because he was totally unlike these other men. He was a breath of fresh air. Verse 3, and it says, And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, and he says, Here am I. Here I am. And so he ran. Notice, he hears the voice of God speaking, but he assumes that it's his master. He assumes that it's Eli. And think of what a wonderful relationship, or what a wonderful heart he, um, Samuel had. Even though he knew the compromise, he still revered them. He still obeyed them. He knew that he was sub- supposed to be subordinate under them. And boy, that's hard to do when your example is not, you know, the one that's supposed to be above you is not doing, being a good example. It's hard, isn't it? But God calls us to do that. Even in governments. Right? That's what uh, I, uh, Romans 13 is all about. But notice, so the Lord called Samuel and he answered, Here I am. And so he ran to Eli and he says, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And I, I think it's interesting that God always raises, he raises up when another he is going to put down. And sometimes this is just God's way. It's, it's just a normal way of ministry. Even when the servant is, who's, who is being um, removed, in a sense, even when he's been faithful. But in other times, it's because of contempt. You know, ministry ought to be handed down. You know, sort of like what happened with Pastor Jeff and myself. You know, that was a normal sort of progression. But there are pastors doing things that they ought not to do that they, they're let go because of corruption. And that is necessary sometimes, too. In Psalm 75, verse 6, it says, For promotion comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south, but God is the judge. He puts down one and sets up another. And that's exactly what he's doing now with Eli and his sons. He's going to put down one, and he's going to bring up another, a faithful priest. And Samuel looked up to Eli. You know, and it's important that we as adults that we be those examples to the younger generation, to our kids, to our grandkids. 
they should be able to expect the best from us. They should be able to see us walking the walk and talking the talk. And you know none of us are perfect, but I would encourage you that wherever there is a lack in your life, and you know it, especially when the, these younger kids, they're, they're watching, it's time for us to, to wake up. It's time for us to do the right things, to let the Lord stir you up. Say, Lord, what, what am I doing? Is there anything that I'm doing that's not right? And what are the kids seeing in my life? What are my kids? What is my daughter? What is she seeing? How is my life impacting her? Is it for good or is it for ill? And if it is for ill, I'd better change my ways. I don't think there's a parent in this room that doesn't want their child to grow up and be a wonderful example. And you know what, folks? If you haven't been a good example in your life, don't throw, all, you know, don't throw yourself away. God wants to encourage you and love you and change you. It's never too late to be a good example. The devil will say, you might as well throw in the towel, you're too old. You've been at it too long. Your kids have seen this so much, they're not going to change. You don't pay attention to that voice. You change, and you encourage the change, and you be the example, and it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard, but you've got to do it, and do it, and you will be rewarded for that. God will bless you for that. Never, ever give up, because let me tell you, the longer it is that you live in rebellion, the harder it is to turn around, but you've got to do it. You must do it for the sake of not only your own self and your relationship with God, but for everyone who's watching, right? What does the Bible say? To walk circumspect. That means that my, I live in a fishbowl. Whether I choose to like it or not, I live in a fishbowl. Everyone is looking in. I'm, I'm the little beta in the glass container. And I'm moving around. And people are looking at me, and I'm looking at them, but they're all around me. I can't even see who's watching me, but they're watching. What's he really like? What's he really like? What are you really like? When nobody sees you, when you're at Wegmans, what are you buying? It's been said that our children may rarely do what we say, but they will do what we do. They watch what we do and they mimic us. So it's important for us. Notice verse 6, then the Lord called it yet again. This is the, uh, the second time. Samuel, and so Samuel rose and he went to Eli again. And he said, here I am, for you called me. And he answered, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. And so the thing you've got to ask yourself is why wasn't the Lord speaking to Eli? I think we've already established this because Eli was not listening. He was speaking to Samuel because Samuel had a different heart. But Eli did not have that same heart. Now he was old and on his way out, and he was so compromised that God has to speak to this young boy, probably in his teens at this point. He's speaking to him. He's no longer speaking to Eli because Eli won't listen. God doesn't waste words. If I don't listen, God will still love me, and I can still be a Christian, and I can still go to heaven, but I might not be able to be used because I'm not listening, and God will choose somebody else to do something, and they will get blessed. And I'll miss out. And my relationship with God will be less than what it could be. Believe me, when you're being used by God, your life is so, mu- so much full of joy. Truly, it's, it's the best thing that ever happened. It's the best thing that could ever happen in your life. To follow and serve Jesus Christ is the most wonderful thing in the world. And I'm 
I'm an example of that. I love what I get to do. I have hard days just like you do, but you know what? I love doing what I'm doing now. This is my, I, I, I don't deserve an award, but this is my award. This is my reward to be able to do this. I love this. I love to share the word of God, and I love to encourage other people and encourage them. But God wasn't talking to Eli. He was talking to Samuel. And if we're not listening, God will send somebody else. And you recall what happened. You know, first in first, uh, first Samuel, chapter 2, God was speaking to Eli. He wasn't listening. Finally, in chapter 22 of the second chapter, God sends a, a man of God to speak to him. And he's not listening still. And so finally, God has to speak to Samuel. And this is going to be the hard thing at the beginning of his ministry. And we're going to be looking at that in just a few moments. But notice in verse 7 it says that Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of God yet revealed to him. The Lord of God had not been revealed to him. The, the, the Lord hadn't spoken to him like, he had, like he's going to speak to him here in a few verses. Because God was kind of silent. Because nobody was listening. But now there was a man there who was listening. So God's like, oh good, finally. I got a young man who really has an ear and a heart for the Lord. And man, I tell you what, I would love to see teens excited about the Lord. Just loving the Lord, just wanting to do anything for him. You know, this culture has ripped them off so badly. And I remember, because I remember when I was a teen, I was ripped off from everything. I was sold a bill of goods, and I was shown all the... And the Satan is so clever. He knows exactly how to get my attention. He knows how to get the teen's attention. He does it through the music, through the hormones, through the dress, through uh, all of these things that they, you know, that's important in, in, the, in that time of life. And I was totally ripped off. And the teens today are getting ripped off. They're, 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 they're being given spam when God wants to give them porterhouse steak. The can, you know, the spam, just, you know, lift up the tab and, and, you know, sift off the juice on the top of it and flop it and then cut it, eat it. That's what they're getting. Moldy spam. And yet God wants to give them the very best. And the devil is so clever. He makes it look like a sirloin, but it's nothing more than moldy spam. And the Lord called Samuel, notice the third time. And so he arose and he went to Eli and he said, Here I am, for you did call me. Am I losing my mind? Can you imagine Eli? He's like, Oh, vey, what's this kid? He's driving me nuts. I'm trying to sleep. Couldn't even hardly sleep because of what I ate the night before. And now he's up in the middle of the night trying to, you know, I, you spoke to me. I, you, I know what you did. I've heard you three times. And finally, Eli, he says, Go and lie down and it shall be if he calls you that you must say... Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. And so Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came back and noticed and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. Those are really wonderful words. I think Eli should have been saying that many, many, many years prior to that. Speak, Lord, your servant hears. But there was no servant because Eli, Eli had gotten comfortable. He had 
been disobedient to the Lord, and so were his sons. But now, God can speak because there's somebody listening. In verses 11 through 14, we're going to see God confirming again what he told the man of God to tell Eli back in chapter 2, verses 27 through 36. And so now God is going to summarize it for Samuel and tell him again what is about to happen. And so he does. The Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. Their ears will, it's sort of like when somebody's cold or they're, or they're shaking in fear, their, their, their teeth would chatter together. Same kind of idea. Their ears would tingle. Uh, it would be something so horrific. And, you know, in the Old Testament, we see this idiom being used in other places. But notice, he says in verse 12, In that day I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And he told him exactly what it was. He told Eli what was happening. We read that back in chapter 2, verses 26 through 36, or 27 through 36, excuse me. that Eli and his sons would die. We will look at this when we get to chapter 4. We're going to see God's prophecy come to pass. And in one day, and I think it's interesting too, when God sent the man of God to speak to Eli, he told him, this is a sign that what I'm telling you is true. After all that I've done for the tribe of Levi from the very beginning when they came out of Egypt and all that I gave you guys, all, I, I raised you up and I gave you even the best, you know, the best cuts as people would worship, I gave that to you and I did this and I did that and, and God gave them everything that they needed. And he says, but you have not listened to anything. And he says, in one day, and, and I'll confirm it, this is how you'll know that what I'm telling you is true. And one day, you're, both of your sons are going to die. And I think it's the Lord's grace that he didn't tell Eli, by the way, that same day, you're going to expire as well. Because that's what happened. We'll look at that when we get to chapter 4. For I have told him, verse 13, that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows because his sons made themselves vile. And notice, he did not restrain them. Eli, through experience, knows this very well, what he has done and what he has not done. And there are always consequences for disobedience. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, it says, Do not be deceived, excuse me, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that he will also reap. When you're a farmer, if you plant corn in the field... You expect corn in the harvest. If you plant raspberry seeds, or you're, gonna, you're expecting to get raspberries or strawberries. That's what you expect. But when you're, what you plant is disobedience and rebellion, the only thing that's going to come up from that crop is ugly stuff. It's going to be corruption. There's no way you can get something good out of something bad. Only God can redeem, of course, but what we do is so important. What we do is so important. And do you have a son or daughter that's living in sin, living in disobedience? Talk with them. Talk with them. Love them enough to speak the hard things to them. Discipline them if you have to. Take away their phone. They're going to hate you for it, and they'll even tell you that. 
I hate you. You ever had a son or daughter tell you that they hate you? Because they've been so angry, you took, you've taken away their prized possession, and for some reason the phone seems to do it. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 1 Samuel. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.